content warning for drug use, violence, and depictions of poverty. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome to Tablet, a micro RPG podcast. My name is Tim, your host and editor. Tablet is an excuse to get my friends to play and review micro RPGs with me. In this episode, we're going to be playing All Out of Bubblegum by Michael Epoch Sullivan and Jeffrey Grant. Uh, so, uh, Dorothy, Antelope, and Roscoe all run through the fire door area. You slam the button, a fire alarm starts blaring, and a thick metal and glass door slams down from the ceiling into the floor uh, locking in place as the big guy slams into it hard enough to dent it towards you a bit yeah uh, we should be going we might have to deal with that later but onwards and upwards fellows all right so you head upwards um, the next room the next series of rooms that you come into uh, once again, these stairways are blocked on like every other floor, so you have to cross the entire floor to get to the other side. This is clearly intentional to prevent this exact thing from happening. Serpentine. Uh, exactly. So the How next many elevator base have we passed so far? <laughs> we st- no, no, I have this is a thought. Is there an elevator bay on this floor? The, the, there are there are elevators the whole building. But they're like locked and guarded. We just said fuck that. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, because we didn't want to deal with the with the guards. Yeah. But this high up, are they still guarded? Uh, once you get to the next floor, you'll see what I mean. Okay. So the next floor, like I said, on the there uh, a couple floors down where they had knocked all the walls out to like make it open and grimy and grody to like get get more space. This wall, this floor looks intentionally carefully cut apart. Um, any apartment buildings that used to be have been opened up to make more space for bunk beds. Oh shit. This is the barracks. Yes. Uh, when, when you walk up onto the next floor, there are rows of beds and rows of lockers. And you're looking down the barrel of what appears to be maybe a quarter of what this room can house looking back at you armed to the gills antelope once again <laughs> it's like hello nice to see you all i'm the new recruit my name is uh my name is uh gazelle uh, my name is gazelle <laughs> you can call me gazzy and i'm here to kick ass so I think you say, hey, this is Gazelle. <laughs> and then as soon as you finish Gazelle. I don't even say it. Like Dorothy says it. And then I'm just like, yeah. Uh, a, a shot rings out and the hat is popped off your head like a 1920s Western movie. And I go, hey, that was my bastard's hat. <laughs> um, some guy steps out from behind a couple of the other guys in his hand, he's holding a um, a 1911 uh, pistol, and uh, he's wearing practically the same hat, but it's in the right color. He's wearing the red hat instead of the orange hat. Well, why'd you shoot mine off? You have one exactly like it. <laughs> nope, mine's better. On uh, uh, how? 
it's the right hat. You're wearing the wrong hat. I'm not. From the time I was a little child, this they told me that these two colors are the same color. <laughs> you just said that they're two colors. Uh, right, but they're the same color. Uh, you hear a you hear a, a a boom from below. Well, you should go check on that. That doesn't sound good. Um. I think you should put your hands up, and the the three of you, you're done. What? Uh oh. You guys are uh... <laughs> single ladies. <laughs> Do they say put your hands up? I yeah. haven't listened to single ladies in so long. Put your hands up. Oh um, yeah. As soon well, as that uh, gunshot, the Venn diagram of of uh, bank robbers and Beyonce is very strange. Um, so as soon as that shot goes off, uh, Dorothy like dives out of the way and is going to tuck and roll um, into one of the other bunks and try to uh, disguise herself as one of the bastards. Okay. I'm going to do the same thing with a different hat that I pulled out of my other pocket. I need to know more about that hat. We're, we're going to start with, uh, with uh, Dorothy. Um, what, before we get to what Dorothy's doing, what's Roscoe doing? So they've all, they're all standing there just watching us. Yeah. So these two are going to do a quick disguise change, a quick costume change while everyone's standing there, and we'll uh, we'll see what happens then. But what are you doing while they're while they're uh, putting on new bad hats? <laughs> Roscoe's walking forward with his hands up. Okay. Um, I will sacrifice a bubble gum. <laughs> Okay. Um, to, so to successfully disguise yourself? To successfully, so like I dive out of the way. And I because, don't know. What, I have no idea what this looks like. Okay, so uh, dive out of the way. Um, There's a spare and, change like, of clothes hanging off the lockers. Yeah, always. like I assume, like dives under a bed and like because of her theater training, she rolls under the bed and when she rolls out, she's dressed as like one of the bastards. <gasps> quick change. Yes, uh, <laughs> quick change. Um, okay, when, when you stand, say roll under the bed, are you rolling under like several beds to like end up in the 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 row of bastards yeah that's what i want to do as i want to like dive under the the cameras panning across it's it's dorothy rolling past and there's a different article of clothing that's changed each time yeah and so i want to get like to behind their lines and stand up in full bastard attire with like like a um what it, a sledgehammer or something? Uh, well, I was thinking a gun, but like whatever the weapons are, like uh, yeah, you could get like a uh, some sort of rifle or something. Yeah, so she's got a rifle, um, and so I'm like have <laughs> successfully infiltrated enemy lines. So I'm just imagining <laughs> what this looks like to anyone but Dorothy. <laughs> so like three people walk in the door. A gunshot goes off. Two of them immediately dive to the side after some after a quick handful of words are discussed. And then Dorothy just just rolls under a bunch of cots. Mm-hmm. And the bastards are paying attention to this person who doesn't know what orange and red are so much that Dorothy gets behind them and stands up like, I'm part of use now. <laughs> that's uh, that's what three theater training will get you, Tim. Man. <laughs> I should have majored in theater instead of English. I might have something useful. You would think. <laughs> that and $116,000 worth of debt. For real. So I've heard. Um, so, so Dorothy's disguised because you cash in a bubbles gum. Um, Roscoe's giving himself up. 
allegedly. And allegedly. Allegedly. And Antelope is putting on a new hat. So this hat is red and it does have the correct B. Okay. And it is a top hat. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I go, see? Holy shit, that's a bastard's hat. You must really be a bastard. Okay, here, I told you guys. Here's an important question. Um, are you rolling for this? Or is this just a, is this just you putting a new hat on? Um, what what do you think? Do I need to roll for this or have I successfully convinced if you want, them? If you want it to work, you have to roll for I this. I don't yeah, yeah. If you if you're just putting a new hat on, you have not successfully convinced these guys that you're one of them. Um, if you want to successfully convince them that you're one of them and that you just didn't know the difference between the two colors, then um, that would probably require a roll. Or can I sacrifice <laughs> a bubble gum? Yeah, but I'm going to need a little more explanation as to how this works. So I put it on and I say, sorry, you guys, I put the wrong hat on. I put one on for my favorite sports ball team. I meant to put on my bastard's hat, which is red. Um, and also the one I use at the circus. <laughs> uh, so another guy steps out and he's wearing, he's got like a really big mustache, just a preposterous mustache. And um, he's got like a leopard print vest on and he's also wearing a top hat. <gasps> and he goes, I thought I recognized you. You must be the other ringleader at our, at the bastards circus, the circus at the bastard zone. Don't you know? <laughs> That. Oh, right, yes, I do know the, the Bastard Circus. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, we all love the Bastard Circus. It's a rollicking good time, the Bastard Circus. Well, anyway, we've captured this one guy. Good job bringing him up. Uh, what was your name? My name is Gazelle. Gazelle, that's a wild name for a... Uh... <laughs> a wild name, you say? <laughs> <laughs> oh right, this is this is, Peg, this is Peggy's Peg. disguise. Yeah. I need Dorothy. to <laughs> Dorothy's disguise. Is, is Dorothy wearing like a like a mustache? Oh, or? absolutely! Okay, no, okay. it's a full walrus chops. Full walrus, walrus chops. Got it. Got it. And I and and I say, oh, you know, I had to, I had to pick a a gang name that was also flashy for the audience to like. Um. He goes. Oh, I just went with ringleader. <laughs> But you would take, I didn't want to step on your turf like I'm the new guy, you know. I don't want to step on your toes and take your name. That's uh, very commendable of you. Let's get this guy in the prison. Um, and they start leading Roscoe upstairs alongside. I can no longer, I'm trying to exchange looks with Dorothy, but I can no longer tell which one Dorothy is. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, this is not what I was expecting this to go. Um, you are brought upstairs into the, the guards room. Um, it has a, a bunch of like large doors that are like very clearly barricadable. It's got, um, a couple of like, uh, straight up jail cells, um, in it. And Roscoe, you're going to get, you're about to get thrown into, thrown into one. <laughs> um, <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> uh, yeah, I so, liked it. <laughs> yeah, Matt, uh, I say Ross is going to throw in a jail cell, and Matt just goes. <laughs> uh, so you're thrown into a jail cell. Uh, the door is locked, and there, there's a moment of time between that. Okay. How big of a jail cell is this? Um, probably like uh, ten foot by ten foot, just enough to lay down, basically. 
And is this a typical barred door situation, like yep. the iron, bar- yep. iron bars? I- iron bars, classic, classic jail cell sitch. All right. In this particular guard room. Yeah. Because a fair number of people were still downstairs and are going downstairs looking for the three interlopers. Well, two now. Yep. So we have Gazelle, uh, an unidentified game mem- gang member <laughs> that I've never seen before. Everyone, everyone, everyone knows him though. Yeah. And uh, the ringleader. Yeah. How many other people are up in this guard room with us? Probably like six to six or so. Yeah. Is the ringleader the one locking the door? Um. Sure. Yeah. Okay. The ringleader takes out a big jangly uh, key ring full of keys. Before uh, he can latch it. Okay. I reach through the bars. I know. <laughs> I know where you're going. <laughs> Grab him by the by the front of the shirt, uh-huh. smash his face into the bar so he can't actually lock the door. I need you to kick some ass. All right, four or better. Let's do this. Five. Oh. All right. So you didn't catch me. Uh, so you jump up. Oh, okay. Are you trying to pull him through the bars, or are you doing the District B thirteen thing of jumping up and then sliding your knee down the out the inside Ooh. of the bars to smash his head into the bars? I'm a little too big for the district beat. All right, fair enough, fair enough. You're not um, quite, you, you ain't quite uh, agile enough. I'm so. literally smashing his face into the bars um, to keep him, to effectively knock him out. Mm-hmm. And then I have a plan for the next go-round, because the next person who, has to tr- who wants to try and lock me in has to go for the keys. And uh, <clears throat> we'll get to that when we get, when we get there. Okay. So uh, Roscoe is leaping into action. How many other people are in this room? Five now. Five now? Okay. And one unconscious uh, ringleader. So we've got Roscoe, the unconscious ringleader, Gazelle, <laughs> myself. So does that leave just three guards? No, four. Four guards. I, I was counting okay. four real guards and also... Okay, so I'm the fifth guard. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> huh? There, there, are, there, are, there, there were six guards and the three of you. Okay. Now there's four. So ringleader was counted amongst those six. Now got there's it. five. Okay. 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 Got wow, it. our numbers are <laughs> so bad with this. You guys are dressed like guards, but I want to be clear: you're not working for the bastards. <laughs> no, I know. I was just like trying to figure out. So they see only guards and the prisoner in this room. So I think Antelope, as the now de facto ringleader. <laughs> 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 Is gonna step forward and say, I will lock you in the cell. <laughs> and so I have you just go and I just like shut the door and I like fiddle with the keys, but I don't actually lock it. And then I just turn around and say, Time to go, boys. Uh, I think one of them <laughs> looks back at you and goes, like, You don't give orders around here. Well, ringleader's dead, so I do now. Uh, he, he didn't give orders around here. Oh. He's just the guy who holds the keys, and now that's you, because you got the biggest hat. Well, right, but... <laughs> but, but like, that's right. Don't you think someone should go up and tell the boss that, uh, you know, the ringleader's dead to the reinforcements? I think it should be you. I think I should guard the prisoner here. All right, then I guess... Why it- don't you go, Timothy? Uh, Why wouldn't I go as the ringleader? 
Well, someone has to stay and make sure the prisoner doesn't pick the lock. Hold on, I thought you said said your name was Gazelle. But now that ringleader's gone... That's right. I propose that we nominate Gazelle to the ringleader. Ringleader's not a title. No, nominate a name change. I second all in favor. Aye. 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 You don't get a vote. And I and I am going to slam you with the butt of my gun. Just to really sell it. And I go. Please roll ass kicking. <laughs> oh, no. PVP. Ten. Uh. <laughs> all right. Matt has given me a bubble gum because he got his ass kicked by another player. Um. <laughs> So one of, one of the guards, the one uh, one you called Jimothy, points to another guard and says, uh, "Tell the boss, go tell the boss, go tell the beast that we got one, and that he should come out here when he's ready." And I go, "I'll come with you. Got to make sure everything's tip top." He's <laughs> got a new station and he's already become a fancy man. Now, this man is going places. I say, <laughs> "I'm going to the tip." Right to the top, governor. <laughs> I, hold, okay, hold on one second. I think you all need to roll. <laughs> what are we rolling? Non ass kicking. To convince these guys that you're still one of them because this is a lot. I'm going to sacrifice bubblegum. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> all right, fair enough. We'll take that. Uh, so the pair of you are like, yes, we're going with. Was that right? Or are you staying here? I'm staying to guard the prisoner. Okay, you're guarding the prisoner, and, and I'm it, going to the tip top. You're going to you're going to go see the beast with um, uh, one of the guards. Um, he he uh, opens the door, and the pair of you walk through. Um, you step into a a, a very strange room. Uh. This room clearly was not designed to be uh, habited, inhabited. It's got like um, sort of like machinery kind of vibes. It's like it's the it's the top of a building. Like this is the top floor. This this has like um, the kinds of walls and structures and buildings sort of shapes that feel like it should be um, purely maintenance. Okay. But there's really nice furniture everywhere. There's carpets put down over the metal graded floors. The um, there's uh, beautiful, expensive paintings like hung on the walls to sort of like mask the fact that this place is not supposed to be a building that people are going to be living in at this place. Um, there is a large desk. It is probably mahogany sort of looking expensive wood on it are several large piles of money a big stack of cocaine bricks and an AK 47. Uh, his back to you is a very large man. He is wearing a bathrobe. Uh, his hair is shaved bald. Um, the guard, uh, stops, looks over at you and kind of nudges you. What? Tell, tell him. Oh, Mr. Mr. Boss, Mr. Beast, Boss, Boss, Beast. Um, 
he slowly turns around and makes eye contact with you. Um, Hello, it's me, ringleader. Just letting you know we caught one of those people you were looking for. Uh, he gives you a look up and down uh, and says, uh, I don't believe your ringleader. Where is your mustache ringleader? Oh, I shaved it. It's summer. It's hot. Uh, he takes a few steps closer to you and steps into one of the like lights, in, one of the few lights in this room, and you get a good look at his face. Um, he has three, uh, four. He has four parallel scars, cutting from one side of his face to the other. Um, his face is mangled. Um, uh, one of his eyes is like milky white. He's missing a big chunk of his lips. So you can always see one of his teeth in it. Um, and in his, uh, bathrobe, you see a glint of metal just sort of like tucked in the uh, waistband. Um, his chest is bare. Big dude's fucking cut muscles out to here. Um, and he looks you up and down and goes, it's not that hot. I mean, would you want a big mustache right now? Uh, he goes, oh, is that, is that a quip about me being unable to grow a mustache? Oh, no, never, sir. Never. Sorry. I have to shave every day or else I get patches. That is unfortunate. I'm so sorry. Who are you again? Ring leader. I'm letting you know we caught one of the people you were looking for downstairs. It's why, the one. Why, why didn't you bring him here? Well. Why would you say that you caught one and not bring him to me? Well, he's in the prison cell. Bring him. I look at the other guard and I say, why? You you were the one who. Why wouldn't you bring him up here? Uh, and the guy says, oh, I, I figured it would be best, sir, if we. And then he shoots him. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Go get him. Okay. <laughs> so I go back downstairs. So you rejoin the other three and now three the other two. Other, you join these two as well as three other guards. Oh, uh, did they, did, they didn't leave? No. Oh, fuck. Okay. Uh, so I go in and I said, hey, you three. <laughs> Not you... Not you. Oh, my bad. You're the designated prisoner watcher. So, do, do you know? Do you know this is uh, Dorothy? Now, have you managed to figure that out? Or are you still confused as to uh, who the real? <laughs> I think I, I give figured. you. I give you a cheeky little wink. Okay. <laughs> no, maybe the one carrying the bag full of alcohol might be the real Dorothy. Um, it's the wink. And the, it's, it's my gun bag. There's another one that's been winking at me too. So I'm trying to figure out which one is Dorothy and which one is into me. Yeah, yeah. It's hard uh, to tell. It's hard to tell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or if Dorothy, if, or if they're both into me, and so who can say? Uh, and so I go, oh no, no, not you! You're the designated prisoner watcher. <clears throat> and so I turn to the others and I say, Mister Beast would like to see you three right away. There's a there's an extra prize if you can find the other two. So go talk to him about it. 
Uh, they go. I wish I could go for another two. Got to do my duty standing here. More. Um, the three go. Oh, uh, that doesn't. I I got I I, I oh, okay. I guess I do need to roll. <laughs> it's fine. Um, so you uh, this is a non-ass kicking roll. You're trying to convince someone of something. So D10. You are trying to roll under or at your number of. So I need three or lower. Yeah. That is a five. Um, you say you should go talk to him. You'll get a prize if you find the other two. And they they kind of like stop and go, the boss doesn't give out prizes. <laughs> oh, did I say prize? I meant reward. Um, who... You're not. I sneak up behind them and slit their neck with a sh- machete. Oh That's an ass kicking roll, please. God. <laughs> uh, I got a six. I have two bubble gum left. <laughs> <laughs> that, the boss doesn't give up prizes. He <laughs> <laughs> just like just like a, a a ninja in the night. Just whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. <laughs> I'll yeah, fuck it. I'll allow it. Um, so uh, you kill the other three <laughs> brutally. And uh, so I just open the prison door and I'm like, all right, let's go, guys. And then uh, still in my fact. disguise, I turn down to Roscoe and says, all right, sugar, let's get, let's go. Let's get you out of there. I'm sorry I had to hit you so hard. We got it. We got new people incoming. We got new tenants. <laughs> and I throw the three bodies in there and shut and lock the, the gate. Okay. What were you going to say, Matt? Uh. Never mind. <laughs> this, I'm going to save it for the review. We'll get there. Uh, so the three of you... Uh, Are we doing the Wookiee Gambit? Yep. <laughs> Again? <laughs> Manny and I have seen approximately four action movies. <laughs> uh, so the, the three of you go into the boss's room doing the Wookiee Gambit. You've got uh, a pair of handcuffs on each hand to make it look like they're cuffed together when they're really not. I understand. I understand. I've watched ours. <laughs> um, and uh, you walk up to the boss's office and um, he's sitting in his chair and there is cocaine all over his desk. He has cut a line and he's sniffing it I just had this image, and I think I'm going to go with it. He's sniffing it through the barrel of his revolver. <laughs> oh, God. Before he can pick his head up. Like, like he's got the chamber open. So is, yep. <laughs> Before he can pick his head up, and as he's starting, uh-huh. both hands up, double overhand axe blow to the back of the head. Oh, brutal. All right, I need you to roll ass kicking. I've got two sticks of bubble gum, so three are better. Yep. That's a four. <laughs> All right. So you 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 walk in. He like, and then he he starts to like to look up, and you're standing in front of him, and you double hand hit him in the back of the head. Uh, he his his head smashed against the desk. You hear a crack. Um, he pulls his head back, and there's cocaine and blood coming out of his nose. Um, he takes two steps back. That's a great band name, <laughs> cocaine and blood. Um. He takes two steps back, um, pistol in his right hand, and the, uh, help me out, Matt, the, the, this part of a gun. 
the barrel the part. The, so, uh, the AK-47 has like a wood grip part. Yeah, the, it's a foregrip. It's yeah. a it's a Fore, barrel guard. Yeah, foregrip. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, he's got the foregrip of his AK in his left hand and his pist and his revolver in his right hand. It's like a magnum thing, right? And he uh, a cowboy closes the uh, revolver and starts firing at the three of you, or specifically at Roscoe. I'm going to take the hit and. Uh, same style. I'm putting both hands together. I'm letting that hit take me and just taking the force and rotating all the way around. So there's the one for taking the hit. Sure. And on a two or better, <laughs> it's uh, coming across to clock him across the chin. Okay. That's a five. All right. So you hit him again. Um, he uh, stumbles back and slaps into the back wall. Um, the, uh, the sort of metal framing of this room shakes as he hits it. Um, and he drops the revolver. Um, he grabs the, uh, the pistol grip of the AK and he's just going to fucking spray the room. Oh, fuck. Uh, I really wish people would stop shooting at us and I punch it. Well, (laughs) I want to, once again, promise this isn't intentional main character syndrome here. Oh, that's fine. Roscoe's going to be big. It's what he's good at at this point. Oh, you're going to get in the way and take those bullets? Oh, wow. That's my last stick of bubble gum. Yeah. All you're left with is ass kicking. And you guys aren't getting shot. Yeah. I have have two goals. For the rest of this game. And I'll get to them when we get there. Okay. okay. Um, when this happens, I would like to snag uh, the, I assume they're not closed handcuffs of uh, that was on Roscoe. And then again, uh, jumping uh, and rolling around on the ground, I would like to uh, roll towards the beast. And... Uh, clamp uh one of the um get uh one of his arms with the handcuff and clamp the other to like the desk or the radiator or something like that okay yeah yeah this building like i said this building is kind of a metal cage this room is a metal cage yeah so there's yeah. there's plenty of stuff you could clamp into uh yeah so basically like immobilizing him that that will be a role though um i'm trying to figure out what kind of role is that ass kicking I feel that's a fight. That's a fight. Okay. All right. So I'm going to roll. I just got to roll a three or higher. That's a seven. Okay. So you, you run in, you clamp one against his wrist and then you slam the other one into the wall. Yes. Um, where, where the handcuff already being partially closed when he, it hits the wall, it snaps back around and then relatches on the other side. Yeah. Dope. Uh, and then, uh, I will uh, I'll uh, slowly pull off my walrus chops. <laughs> <laughs> ah, who are you? Well, you're going to know my name. Everyone's going to know my name. This is Dorothy Clutterbucket looking at you, and I got a question to ask you. What's your drink? And she unzips the the bag. Question: What hand of his 
did you attach to the wall? I I think I would have gone with like the trigger hand. Okay. Um so even if he's still holding the gun, he wouldn't be able to like point it effectively. Effectively. Okay. Yeah. And she says, uh, just wanna have a little talk. What's your drink? And she starts mixing up a drink. <laughs> fuck you's my drink. Oh, I can make you a fuck you, sir. That's a backhand um, across his face. <laughs> yeah, she just like slam with her big <laughs> chunky rings. And she said, I asked nicely, what's your drink? Tequila sunrise. Okay. <laughs> she starts making a tequila sunrise and hands it to him with the other one. And then she takes the full bottle of tequila and she tears off a piece of her skirt and stuffs it into the rag and lights it. And she says, now I'm going to need that, that number to your, uh, to your safe here. Otherwise, we're all going down. Uh, he, he realizes you're serious. I think... I th- Mm. I will sacrifice a bubble gum. I was going to say, you do have to roll for this, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Threatening someone's a ro- is a roll. Yeah, I will sacrifice a bubble gum okay. and say, all right, it's ticking. Um, he looks at the three of you and says, one, two, three, four. And she nods to an antelope. And I go, that's not very secure, but I'll try it. <laughs> Did you not see all the guards you passed on the way up here? <laughs> uh, so I try one, two, three, four. Click. It opens. <laughs> and then I, I'll, I'll slide my liquor bag over to you. <laughs> I open it up. Inside and... is more cash than you've ever seen in your life. This is pallets on pallets of money. There's probably a cool million in here give or take i know it's our plan to buy this building but i think we should also go on vacation there's enough in here for both oh sure i have you know what um this is a pretty shitty building it's probably going to take twice as much to to do all the renovations that need to be done here sir have you seen the state of the lower levels it's terrible um but you know what um I have a way to double our money. And, and you know what that is? What? Insurance claim. And I toss the Molotov <laughs> cocktail <laughs> over my shoulder and just walk out. <laughs> I, th- I think we'll end the session there. <laughs> Thanks for playing. That was uh, all out of bubblegum. Oh, my God. All right, we'll take a break and then come back for the review. <laughs> Um, welcome back. Uh, we are going to get into the review of All Out of Bubblegum. Um, we're going to start with likes and dislikes. Uh, who wants to go foist? So, likes. This is not just a micro RPG. This is an index card RPG. All yeah. of the rules can fit and be legible on a single index card. Nice, simple, real, real quick, real easy. dislikes it is barely a game yeah (laughs) at best um i know exactly how this would work and i had a ton of fun playing it here Mm -hmm. 
But as much as it is one of the original micro RPGs and kind of what sets the tone for the entire genre, I think it performed really, really poorly. It it gives all of the all of the openness that a proper RPG should and gives none of the conciseness that I like to see in a micro RPG. Okay. Uh, likes. I like that there's only two stats. It's an either or thing. I uh-huh. don't have to figure it out. Um, there's a couple of moments where we weren't certain, but generally, yeah, but for the most part, it was like, a us trying to bend it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, dislikes are one is a dislike and one is a sort of neutral thing. So the true dislike first is I don't like that there's there wasn't clear rules of if the GM is rolling dice uh, and we kind of had to homebrew that uh, and Tim just decided when he was going to roll dice and what the success or failure meant. Yeah. And then the neutral thing is like, I'm not sure how I feel about the fact that you can just sacrifice a bubble gum to automatically succeed. I Yeah, that was uh, going to be one of mine. Yeah. 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 So those are my, my things. Um, my likes were that we were all tired and it was really simple and easy. <laughs> um... I do agree that it was a little too simple. I also think that we've had this criticism of other games as well, and Manny just sort of touched on it, but the risk-reward in terms of when you were rolling and when not and stuff was just kind of weird, and especially if you want to be ass-kicking, which is kind of the point of the game, you might as well just give away your bubble gum until Mm -hmm. pretty soon you're just rolling higher than nothing (laughs) and able to do it. Um, And then... This one is so dependent on, like, what the GM does or decides. Like, I think ours, we had a very clear mission, which was to get to the top. And so that made it easier. But I definitely have happily played games with GMs that I think maybe wouldn't have such a specific structure. And it just would have made it harder with nothing else really there. Yeah. The the last time that I tried running this, I've only ran it once before. Um, I just sort of said, what do you guys do practically the whole time and didn't give a whole lot of structure and it felt uh, the wheels spun the whole time. Yeah. Um, So I was like, I'm going to give you guys a clear direction to head so that when you when in doubt, you say I go up. Right. Um, And I think that worked out pretty good. But that that, that's that's experience. I played this before. Um, And like, yeah. And I think especially for one that is like an index card one, like Matt was saying, we don't necessarily want it to be that loose mm-hmm. yep <laughs> so but uh, i also i don't know i did think it's a really simple mechanic that i haven't personally used before so to that end i thought it was fun yeah uh my, my, my biggest like is i love i love the writing on this game it's it's clean it's precise it's like uh um a well-oiled machine of like three gears you know it it, it all just functions like it's a, super simple um and then the writing of the actual uh rules is fun it's got a couple like fun quirky bits of like, um, uh, just the language used. I think is is fun. Um, my biggest dislike, of course, is uh, um, I think the ability to give away a bubble gum. Honestly, it's so powerful, especially in a game where it says, "Hey, this should be like a combat 
focus game. This is this is you guys getting into the kind of trouble that you would need to get into as a person who would fight. At least that's my opinion of this game. You could probably run this as like, oh, you guys are office workers and you got to tell your boss what's what. And uh, <laughs> before long, you're kicking your ass. You're kicking ass to the office building or something like that could be a fun way to run it. But that's not what I would do. I mean, right. That's the plot. The plot of the wanted movie. Yeah, basically. Um, but yeah, so the the, yeah, the dislike is that the um, in a game where you're expected to do co- enough combat stuff, giving away to instantly succeed at everything anything is so beefy. Like mm-hmm. once I think once you uh, Manny and uh, uh, Cassandra, once the pair of you realize that you could be like, I'm gonna disguise my way past <laughs> these guys by cashing in a single bubble gum. I was like, I don't know how to like nerf that. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to, and like, obviously I don't want to nerf that. It's fun. But like, I was like, if we, if I was running a longer game of this somehow, I was like, once the players realize that every session they should spend the first like six or so (laughs) moments just going, I do whatever I want. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, uh, without any sort of language in this thing to like kind of narrow it down or, or make it a bonus. Like, Oh, if you, um, spend a bubble gum, you get like a plus three or something to your roll in the direction that you want it. Might would, would might shift it in a way that would continue a, a little bit of randomness in there. Yeah, I I think I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, I agree too. And one reason I choose chaos in longer form games is because I know that the GM has put like so much into it. And even if it's bad for my character, I want to see what happens if I push on the door that says don't push. Yeah. But I feel, and I was like, I don't know, it's like a compliment to the GM in a way, even though I'm annoying to deal with. Um, But I feel like in this game, I chose chaos because it was easy and there was not a lot of other, and especially like dice don't like me, as you all have learned. And so after getting like four consecutive threes, I was just like, oh my God, Tim, just take my dice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So that's, that's likes and dislikes, I think. Um, Mm. What was this this game trying to accomplish? I I I, I think uh, if, if if y'all have seen um, uh, they was it they live by uh, John Carpenter, where the the quote all out of bubblegum is from. It's a guy pretending to be an action hero, like it's a it's a guy in a horrible world ending scenario, trying to be hyper badass in a moment and getting into trouble. And this game just sort of does that, I think. I think it hits the nail on the head. You're you're kind of a badass eventually. Yeah. There's the game says it says it pretty much at the beginning. You are here to do two things, kick ass and chew bubblegum. Yeah. And they've stated in the rules in their snarky way that chewing bubblegum includes everything that's not kicking ass. Yeah. They the way they wrote the rules and the snark involved, they hit exactly what they were looking for. And for the way the game is written, I think they actually performed their task perfectly. I agree. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I tend to agree with that. I think what the game is trying to do is make you into a sort of a larger than life action star that anyone who's ever watched an action movie, how many times you watch it and be like that's not how that would happen or like human beings don't do that. Yeah. Um, and that's actually one of my biggest like dislikes of the game is because it, 
I, I think it succeeds very well in making you larger than life, almost super heroic, like Vin Diesel in the ninth Fast and the Furious movie when, you know, he's on top of a train or whatever. You know, all I don't know. I've never seen one. Um, <laughs> we, but, should, we should fix that. They're so good. <laughs> um, but so I kind of don't it's like not. the mechanic of you can literally do anything that you want. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it does exactly what it set out to do, and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> that it did it so well okay, <laughs> or that, yeah. it, that it makes it so easy to be such a badass, you know? I also think too, one thing I will say is micro RPGs were newer at the time. This one was supposed to be really simple. There was less comparison to go off of. And to that end, I think it did a good job. It just with everything we have now, I just don't know that it was enough well, for me. Well, even action movies have changed so much yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Like there is a, an attempt at character building and depth <laughs> into more modern action movies. And we talked about this earlier off mic that there's not a character creation no, there's not uh, at all. of this. Like we put that into it. And I think that's kind of intentional because in those like early action movies, there's not character creation. <laughs> like we don't care about these people. And I think that's one of the differences between action movies from when this game was written and now yeah it's like we we really need to care about the family there's um i don't know i gotta i feel like i really do need to bring this up because all credit to epoch and jeffrey um but they missed something really really hard on this game it's because we know it as a micro rpg we're a table of folks who enjoy playing theater of the mind. We enjoy playing the improv, the back and forth, the play off each other, get the character moments, get that kind of stuff. This is not a role-playing game. This is a dice combat game. Yeah. And not just dice combat as in, okay, I roll to hit, I take damage. This is dice combat as, as in, okay, I want to open the door. All right, roll for it. This is that kind of game. The, fo- the folks who read... Uh, D&D 3035 or Pathfinder first edition when it first came out and like okay I want to walk down the street all right roll for it see if you see anything and it was always okay you want to do anything you roll right and that's what this game is supposed to be that I think is where this comes out as part of why they were saying like play it when drunk specifically (laughs) is because you want to roll for all the little things and that's why you have to keep yourself down so yeah you can spend a die Let's put it this way. We spend our dice to do stupid... We, we spend our <laughs> bubblegum to do stupid stuff, and we really can. But if you're trying to play this like a dice combat power gamer, you save those, you save those bubblegum until the very end because it's really, really poorly written here mm-hmm. uh, in the losing your bubblegum section, section. Whenever you fail a non-combat roll, you lose a stick of bubblegum. Period. You may also sacrifice a stick of bubblegum before the roll to ensure success. Period. Line break. To me, that dedicates that that particular section right there is just for non-combat options. So when you get to the end and you only have one to one to four sticks of bubblegum bubblegum left and you're trying to roll to open a door... I just need to get out of the door because otherwise I keep going, uh, unga bunga, unga bunga. 
So you have to spend that bubble gum ahead of time or just lose it when you fail. You start losing the option to be normal. Yeah. That's the whole point of the game, yeah. Matt. Yeah, but that's that's yeah. the thing. Is yeah. like, it, did you read the zero bubblegum section where it talks about you're confused by door handles? Yes, that's what I'm. That's where like, I'm leading into this. We we went into this thinking, okay, we're going to play a crazy action movie. We went in, we went into this from a theater of the mind perspective. This is a game about chewing ass or yeah, keep, keep chewing going. ass and kicking bubblegum. You're right. So <laughs> we went in. Happy Pride, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we went in and I personally took it as like, okay, so we should try and do the non-combat stuff right off the right off the bat. And then realized we're not gonna get anywhere in the game because we're just going to either we're rolling so well, it's an it's a eighty percent chance on every single roll that we're going to succeed on non-combat stuff. And you can't just spend spend the bubblegum to get past the combat. Mm-hmm. So it, the option K for combat, I was like, okay, so we should just kind of go for it and started trying to drive my bubble gum down so one of us had a chance at kicking ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the mechanic is there to, like, force you into that action movie role, like, because, like, towards the end of the game, if you're all out of bubble gum, you're not going to be, like, turning the door handle and sneaking in. You're going to be kicking down the door and, like guns a-blazing, and yeah. I think that's intentional. I just don't think when you actually sit down to play it, it like the it it's not supported by like the actual gameplay. Well, especially and- when you have goblins like us intentionally <laughs> trying to like break it in the first place. Yeah, yeah, we we, well, we, we definitely have a crew a crew of people that are that we have played. I would say more R- micro RPGs than were even around at the time. Uh, looking for exploits in that oh if i save all my bubblegum till later i can bluff my way through anything um is definitely something that would not have been seen in the original game like you said uh this was probably back when people were rolling to get through dungeons like you're oh okay like the, the dungeon might have been um the streets of new york but you're still gonna 10 foot pull your weight on every alleyway mm-hmm. um so yeah, I think that the the era this took place in, the kind of role playing people were doing at the time, uh, is a bit different than now. I'm only rolling, I'm only asking for rolls on things I think would be interesting if you fail, as opposed to literally everything. I think the kind of the comedy that could be in this game is you is you eventually failing to do basic shit in the way that a badass shouldn't should be able to do basic shit, and that's kind of the fun about this movie is you be. The fun about this the, the the movie of this game as you get worse at one thing and better at the other uh, in the opposite direction that most people go. Well, and this is going back a little bit, but when we were talking about how character was practically nothing, I hear what everyone is saying. I also keep coming back to even those early, early RPGs, there still was some character design. And like those early action movies, it was all really rooted in archetypal behavior or whatever and we don't even really have a chance to do that we don't have a chance to be like well i'm gonna be the smart ass and you're gonna be the straight man and you're gonna be the the wild card or whatever and like mm. we instead we just all kind of were like well we know those are the action archetypes so we're gonna all be all of them i, <laughs> um, I, I would say that there that there is a certain genre a certain amount of like old school like you know second edition D where you're not playing a deep character 
You're, yeah. You're playing uh, like Tim the human. Right. So like there's a certain point where you're just playing yourself with yeah. a veneer of more badass on it. Yeah. This game's that, I think. Yeah. I think this game probably would have benefited from us just saying, okay, what's the, you write our name and you change one letter and call it good enough, right? Oh, yeah. Or even, well, and we've seemingly gone into the next section of like what would you change what would you yeah. change yeah but i actually think this game would work a lot better if you do play yourself yeah yeah because then it's like i can't do the, all these things but i can open a door yeah and the more times i fail at opening the door i, I get frustrated and that turns me into like a roided out rage, rage monster yeah. rage monster and that i think is like what the game is going for yeah um and just kind of the idea that like old action movies, generally speaking, are often like normal Joe gets put into a weird situation and has to be the action star. And I think that's yep. what like going into this game, like I, that seems to be what the game is trying to push you to do. So things I would change, you you just play yourself <laughs> and like don't do a character or anything like that. Um, yeah. And then other things I would change are just like, if I was running it, I would, uh, and kind of getting to the idea of like what we said before of like spending your bubble gum, uh, versus like not spending it. Uh, I think I would have like made more challenges where you would have to use where like you would have to roll your bubble gum instead mm -hmm. of like just fighting, because uh, like Matt said, this is mostly a combat game, but like, you know, if it was, there's just a row of doors and you have to get, oh, no. like, unlock seven doors to <laughs> yeah, get to yeah. the elevator or whatever, like you're going, like you're, like, as a GM forcing your players to roll bubblegum instead of kicking ass. Um, but uh, that's really, like, if I was GMing it, I would, like give the players a little more uh you have to roll this or that uh to get through this challenge or unless you can make a really good idea for it uh, or uh, yeah. argument for doing it no i i would change one line yeah in here and it's the bubblegum also rates your damage line uh i would the bubblegum also rates your damage i don't know how i would change that particular phrase um, but, but you would take away the ability would, for getting hurt to change your bubble gums. I would change that if someone else succeeds in a roll of ass kicking against you. I would say if you fail an ass kicking roll, yeah, that then feels you lose good bubble to me. Gum yeah, because that just it simplifies it, makes it easier, and just leans you through. Yeah. Honestly, in this particular, in this particular game, the GM should not be rolling. Yeah, I I, I was rolling because I felt like. You guys getting punched makes sense for you to lose a bubblegum, yeah. But at the same time, like, there's a certain amount of, like, if the bad guys always hit, it doesn't quite feel right to me. Yeah. Um, it, I, al it also turns into we had... I don't want to complain about the way the story was laid out and the way the building was laid out because that's not a complaint... That's I mean it, valid. So we know it's not about the game, but we I did I did run I ran a different game than written, right? But yeah, <laughs> let's hear. Because um, we have so many guys to get through all the way up to the top, um, so and we got to a certain thing. We solved 
one issue, and I'm putting this in major air quotes, uh-huh. by non-combat application. And from there, everything else was ass-kicking in one way or shape or form, unless, it, unless like you were saying, it's like running away or running around. Yeah. Um, so we were. it started to turn into, okay, now we just have to try and roll combat all the way through. I feel like that would have gotten us to the point of actual, like, oh, no, we're low on bubble gum. Do we risk making the roll? And not getting it and losing it, or do we spend the bubble gum to get the simple thing of getting around a guy? Yeah. So, so uh, to to defend myself slightly, <laughs> um, in the movies I was basing this on of Dread and the Raid. By the way, fan, fans, if you've not seen Dread or the Raid yet, go see Dread and the Raid. Um, they're so good. But one of the things that is a major part of them is like it is a survival horror sort of situation. You guys sprinted to the top. Um, you didn't take any opportunities to like go off path and wait or try to get around people or like uh, distract anyone by any means. You just went straight for the stairways. I kind of set it up that way a little bit. That's on me. That's that's not me telegraphing the sort of like possibilities there. Um, when you have a open hallway, all the apartments have been ripped out. And you now have a crowd of guys in between you and your goal. That's what that was one of oh, that was two of the floors. There was, uh, there's plenty of other stuff. Look, but. John McClane wouldn't wait, so I'm not going to either. <laughs> he does, though. He waits a lot in that movie. He does. He Until he runs crawls, out of bubble gum. He also crawls through vents, which we also did. You also we did, did that, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so Matt, you're right. I definitely set this. I, I was imagining. Okay, let me let me rephrase this. The first time I ran this game, I sort of set it practically in an open city, and my players just sort of farted around until we got bored. It, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna narrow the focus down a lot and put you guys down a path, and that worked for the most part but you're right i definitely did put a lot of combat in your way because i was like you guys are gonna i was like i thought i was thinking okay you guys are gonna roll really well on everything that isn't combat so i want to put some combat in your way so that you have opportunities to roll poorly because it's fun (laughs) and we said nope (laughs) this once again is actually going to come back to the rules as written yeah all fairness to epic and jeffrey but the final line and I would change this. There you go. Think up your own damn adventures and campaign settings. This is an index card game. Yeah. A micro RPG should fit on an eight and a half piece, eight and a half by eleven piece of paper, front and back. That is my opinion. Uh, they have so much more space. They can offer campaign settings and ideas. Here's here's one way to do this. Here's one way to do this. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say the that this is what a micro RPG has to be. But there's I, space I appreciate, that can be used. I appreciate where you're coming from, but like we don't know what restrictions they put th- themselves under. Mm-hmm. Like that, like when I wrote an RPG, I was like eight and a half by eleven front only, and now you're saying I could have had more space. Like <laughs> that, you, you can't. I, I preface by saying my opinion. <laughs> you can't tell Tim in 2019 to write a smaller game or write a bigger game. That's that's not how that works. Sorry to be a little confrontational, but uh, <laughs> I mean I, I started it. Yeah. But yeah, if I would, I, I do have one thing I would change. I would change the instant uh, success. Yeah, I, I, I would, that's the biggest thing that I, I would. Think is I would really make it like a, I would make it. A, I would make it a huge bonus if you if you sacrifice a good bubble gum, you get a plus five in the direction you want for your your roll. Mm-hmm. For your, well, it was specific, specific, blah, 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 blah. 
It says specifically non-combat. I do like that. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. always roll for combat. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, so rolling on a non-combat roll and you get a plus five bonus is basically always a success unless you're really low on bubblegum, which oh. is where that's supposed to come into play is do yeah. you risk it when you have two or three pieces left of bubblegum? Yeah. Um, but by making it a bonus instead of a pure success, there is a like, you know, at least a one in 10 chance of you whiffing it. Here's here's what I'm envisioning. OK, because we made it higher up with more sticks of bubble gum with some crazy creative goblins. Yeah. So <laughs> goblins with hats at an average table <laughs> um, at an average table where you have one goblin of five players um you're going that average table is going to make it to the top floor of the of the raid with three to four pieces of bubble gum total for the table yeah so that's that's where excuse me i still like that instance instant, instant success mm-hmm. because that's the okay there is there is only one obstacle between us and the final guy that we have to fight. Now we can cash that in and then the and next... we can open the door. And that's what that's meant for is, yeah. is for those people who can't do the normal things anymore because they're so angry. They have one last chance of I'm guaranteed to open the door. Yeah. And then, than... and then the next fight, you literally don't have to roll because you're all out of bubble gum. Like that's, that's the thing that I, I really like about this game. And I also don't like about this game is I feel that the, um, the premise of you all like you roll or you don't roll based on how much bubble gum you have. Cause when you hit max, when you're out of it, it says you don't roll, you succeed. I love that so much. It's such a fun concept, but in order to get there as the GM, you have to push your players for a minute and we're on a timer. Uh, I wanted you guys to get to the end of the story within an hour and we played for an hour 40. Well, and then we, it probably would have gone on a little bit longer, but uh, Dorothy over there <laughs> kind of nerfed us at the end. <laughs> What's the opposite of a nerf? Nuke. That's the yeah. one. Big, big old Molotov cocktail full of tequila. Uh, I love that. We don't even so get to a chance to see if Antelope and Roscoe survived. Cause they do. They do. There's a sequel. Okay. <laughs> uh, so... I think the thing that I would change is instead of giving everyone an individual bubble gum, just have eight pieces for the table. Oh. <laughs> so everybody rolls off the same stat. Yeah. That's kind of, honestly, I'd try it once. I'm not 100% certain I'm, I'm not it. 100% sure <laughs> but I'd try either, it. but I just threw a Molotov cocktail <laughs> at a man who was chained to a wall. So. Well, yeah. The, 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 <laughs> So, so then there would be less motivation stuff. to spend them because then no one can participate. Mm. And then at the end of the game, you've got three motherfuckers <laughs> who are so mad. <laughs> well, see, that, and that's another thing is like with the type of action movies that this is sort of based on, it's like one guy who's superhuman. Yeah. And I think it's hard to get that at a table, you know? So like – if you watch Die Hard, the whole point is that it's one guy that takes down all the terrorists or yeah. whatever, you know? Um, it doesn't work as well if there are three John McClane's in the building, you know? And so having, like, your team, maybe it's like you're all playing one guy, like the one guy <laughs> action hero. Everyone is John and he's all out of bubblegum. Yeah. Oh, God damn it. 
Um, ha- um, have y'all played Everyone Is John? No. That might be another one we should probably play. We could talk about mental health. That'll be a fun conversation. <laughs> Woo! Uh, uh, Everyone Is John is a it's a Minneapolis game. Actually, it's, oh, it was fun. made local. Um, I live there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's it's a game where you all play as one dude, and you all have different goals, and you're all in his head, and you take turns taking control of him, and you have to roll on, and I quote, literally everything. Every door open, you got to roll on it. Every time you walk down the street, you roll on it. You try to put grapes up your butt, you got to roll on it. Um, Why would I try to put grapes up my butt? That's hey, a lot. Don't of, yuck my yum. That's a lot of. That's a lot of points. <laughs> oh, it's 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 a competitive. It's a PvPVE game. You're all working together, but only one of you wins. Is John? See now, but like that sounds fun. It it is kind of fun, but it also is a conversation. That, that, that game is a whole fucking conversation. Yeah. I, um, but yeah, the, the, the sort of like uh, everyone's playing as the same character, you can make that work. And I think this game might work if you made it one dude. I would. Everyone is John and he's all out of bubble gum. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. If we were doing that for the table, uh huh. I think I would up it to 10 sticks of bubble gum yes. and well, make it a yeah. D12. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, that'd be cool. But yeah. be pro that. Uh, all right, so I think that's what we would change is everything uh, in various <laughs> natures. It just needs a complete update, a little, little refresh. A, a version two would be it. Fucking, we are coming to this twenty-two years yeah. after it's been written. Much like those apartments uh, <laughs> in the game, it, th- this could use a fresh coat of paint and a new toaster. I think. <laughs> also, Crystal Pepsi. <laughs> all right, so table it or shelve it. I'm gonna go first on this one. I'm going to shelve it unless unless I have a table of only dice combat players that I'm trying to trick into role playing in later sessions. It's like, hey, guys, let's give this a shot and they'll see where they're fucking up. OK. Uh, I'm going to table it with some heavy caveats. I wouldn't pull this out for every table, but generally I would. I have, yeah, I will table it. So. For me, games often really are about the company and the story the GM makes. So, like, would I play this with you all again? <laughs> yes. Um, in general, I think <laughs> I would shelve it. All right. Fair enough. I, I think I think I'm with you, Manny, on this one. I think I'd table it with a couple changes. Um, I think I, I like the idea of being dumbasses running through an office building more than I like being dumbasses running up through it an apartment complex. Um, but I still like this game a lot. Uh, and I would love to make some changes to it. I so would also table like, it. I would also like to play this game as children in like a kindergarten class. Oh my God. I don't think I could handle that. You need to watch the music video for empty walls by search Tankian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's, that, that's two shelvets and two tablets more or less. Two tablets yep. asterisk. Yes. Two yes. shelvets asterisk. Yeah. Yep. Well, this was a very divisive one. Uh, good, good times. I feel uh, like the past couple have been. I don't, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't remember the last couple. The, well, the, here's the question. Do you remember your end of episode plugs? Yeah, it's a very good question. Mm, listen to Lesser Evil. Yeah. We're about to wrap the first season. Do you want to tell them what Lesser Evil is a Lesser little bit? Lesser Evil <laughs> is a live play D&D podcast set in a world vaguely reminiscent of the 1990s where the Dark Lord has risen to power and the bad guys lost. 
Good guys lost, right? The good guys lost. Yeah, the good guys lost. Bad guys are in power. We're killing this. We're we're killing it tonight. Uh, I'm the jam. Cassandra's on it. It's all queer people. It's not being even five o'clock yet. <laughs> being being bad little office workers. Proper naughty boys. Proper naughty boys. <laughs> proper <girls>. naughty boys. <laughs> As a real proper naughty boy, they is. <laughs> Anyone else have any plugs? <laughs> nope, I think that one's uh, it. You I, can check us out. Hmm? I usually do. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hi, I'm Cassandra Snow. My most recent book is called Lessons from the Empress, a tarot workbook for self-care and creative growth, co-written with Siri Vincent Pluff. Buy that wherever you buy books. I also wrote other books that you can also buy wherever you buy books. <laughs> This episode was brought to you by Proper Naughty Boys. <laughs> Proper Naughty Boys. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can find us at Micro RPGs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or email us at microRPGs at gmail.com. We also have a Discord. You can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash table it. Um, if you want to support us financially, uh, you can rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. And most importantly, tell a friend about us. Our theme is Chill Viber Jazz by Danny Dory. And I'll see you all next time. Mummy, I don't want to be a naughty boy. <laughs> <laughs>